Hey guys, welcome to the number 16 ever episode of the Cool Sports Network. I am Chase Cobra, and today we are back with another episode of the Cool Sports Network. Yes, it has been a while, but we are back. We are going to be just rambling about the NBA and NHL. Like, I have some stuff written down, but most is just a ramble. We're just talking sports today. A lot of sports knowledge, and we're just talking sports. I'm really looking forward to this episode. I do need to let you guys know, though, why I was out. So, sadly, my grandfather did pass away. Uh, so, I've just been traveling to a bunch of different places, uh, trying to, to do a, a, just handle everything about that. But, um... But yeah, so that's obviously a bummer, but I was able to write articles, but I wasn't able to find the time to prepare for the podcast nor record them. But now we are here with another episode of the Cool Sports Network, first since April 4th, actually, and I've officially made a commitment. This podcast does not get the same views as Wiz Talk with Chase, which is normal, right? We started this later, haven't posted as much on it. So I made a commitment, and we are going to post three episodes a week. For the next two weeks, the so six episodes of 14 days, you guys will definitely enjoy that. I'm not going to say three weeks, I'll definitely say six in the next 14 days. So, yeah, let's get into this right now. Uh, real quick before I do get into the NBA and the NHL, um, I would just like to say, great career from Jay Wright. He has officially announced that he is retiring, but, man, great career. Two national championships, I'm pretty sure four Final Four appearances. Basketball Hall of Famer will always be great in the uh, in college basketball and it affects the Big East for sure, man. You know, with uh, no, with no Jay Wright, I mean, the Big East shakes up. I mean, maybe UConn. I mean, I don't know who their starting point guard is going to be this season, but maybe a team like UConn can win that Big East. Maybe start to get up some momentum. Better, bigger opportunities for Creighton, Marquette, etc. Xavier maybe will play better. You know, Villanova may go down this year, which is pretty bad for them. You know, but um, yeah, the great career from uh, from Jay Wright and will always be known as one of the greatest college basketball coaches of all time. NBA. I talked about today. Really, the biggest news in the NBA is that James Borrego was fired, and you know, here's a, here's what I'm gonna say about that. Nothing, because you guys are going to have to read my Chase's Sports News article. See, I, I got the plug there, you know. So, you guys are going to have to read my ChaseSportsNews.com article. Um, I wrote about James Borrego, just really his entire history with the Hornets, uh, who they could possibly hire, some of their coaches, and where Borrego, <clears throat> excuse me, could possibly land coming up. And also, you know, we're going to be talking about NBA playoffs have started. It's one of the, It's the most wonderful time of the year, and, and it's true. The most wonderful time of the year is the NBA playoffs. And so we've been breaking that down a lot there on ChaseSportsNews.com. And so I wrote an NBA playoff prediction article. You might want to read that and then go back to this episode because spoiler alerts are about to happen in five, four, three, two, one, zero. Okay. So spoiler alert, I have the Dallas Mavericks going to the NBA finals and they are currently up 2-1 to one on the Utah Jazz. All three games without Luka Doncic. Technically, Luka Doncic was on the active roster yesterday, but they weren't going to play him unless they literally absolutely physically needed him. And so, to me, I, I was so high on the Jazz. And me, uh, my dad is really high on the Jazz. Like, in the bubble, he was really high on them. And, you know, my thing about the Jazz is this. How many years 
You know, everyone could keep saying this and this and this and, oh, they're young. And now they've signed Rudy Gobert to this big contract. Donovan Mitchell's going to be making his cash. Eventually, it got to start winning. And something's not working. So, uh, assuming Dallas wins the series, it looks like Luka will play in game four. Um, I had the Mavericks winning this in seven, knowing that Luka will miss the first three games. I thought that, uh, I wrote this on my article, that Dinwiddie would probably steal one from the Jazz in the first three games without Luka. They, they've, like, they've stolen two. The, the, the Jazz have something wrong. And I don't know if, if at the end of the season, assuming they get eliminated, I don't know if it's a coaching change, firing Quinn Snyder. I don't know if it's trading Rudy Gobert or Donovan Mitchell, like one of the key stars, or even trading Mike Conley for someone that fits more, getting more depth. I don't honestly know yet what the Jazz need to do to fix their team. And maybe by the end, watching these next couple games, doing some more research on them, I could probably start to get the grasp of honestly what they need. But right now, I'm not exactly sure because defense doesn't seem to be a huge issue, and neither is offense for them, right? I think, honestly, in so far in this series, like last game, they just got off to a really awful start. And down by 17 at halftime, it's really hard to win a game. And you put yourselves in a situation where you have to come back. Utah needs to start putting themselves in a situation where they're not coming back. Rudy Gobert needs to play like the Defensive Player of the Year finalist that he was. Now, I I agree that he should not have won it. Uh, ChaseSportsNews.com article about how what, why Marcus Smart did deserve to win the award, that he, the Defensive Player of the Year award that he got. That he was awarded. However, um, Rudy Gobert is still an amazing defender, and I haven't really seen that yet in the series. His defense needs to step up. Donovan Mitchell needs to start scoring more, but I don't think the Jazz honestly have a chance once Luka comes back in this series. I think they have a chance to beat the non-Luka Mavericks, but it's still a close game. It's like a close game when the best player by far in the series is hurt. So, yeah, the Jazz are in a tough spot. We'll have to talk about them in the offseason. Celtics Nets tonight. Boston leads two to nothing, like I expected. And I was just watching a video today about on thinking basketball. Honestly, just about how the Celtics have done a great job guarding Kevin Durant. And it's true, you know. I watch the games and I realize Durant has not had his best games that he usually has. However, you don't realize exactly how when you're watching. And I highly recommend this their their last video, uh, thinking basketball, because. What they've been doing is they've been putting their really good defenders, and I've noticed this just from my eyes. Jason Tatum has been amazing, but Grant Williams has also been a really good defender for them. Jalen Brown has done a great job switching, and Kyrie Irving has had to do a lot more, and they're forcing others like Seth Curry, Bruce Brown, Kyrie Irving. They're not they're forcing everyone else to beat them, but Kevin Durant, and it is working. And then on the offensive side of the ball, they got Jason Tatum. They got great ball movement. Marcus Smart, again, obviously another one of those key defenders. The Celtics are a great team. And I, I had them winning my NBA championship this year over the Dallas Mavericks in seven games, and there's a reason for that. And there's a reason why they're playing so well. So tonight's game three, it looks like Robert Williams is going to be playing with limited minutes. Um, probably will get the majority minutes in game four. Honestly, the Nets have to win this one. Like, they actually have to. If they don't win this, there's no way they're coming back. So how do you do it? Well, I think you start double-teaming Jason Tatum and forcing Jayla Brown to be the number one star because then it comes into a situation where it's Kyrie Irving versus Jayla Brown. Now, can the Celtics' depth outplay the Nets' depth? That's a whole other story, but I think you have to put yourselves in a situation to shut down Jason Tatum. And Jason Tatum's key thing is just moving the ball around. If you send even a triple team, I think it starts to get in his head a little bit. And so I think maybe sending, again, a triple team uh, or a double team just consistently uh, may hold him off to some key points. And then 
Um, and then honestly, I think just getting your paint game going again, right? So I think the way to do that is if they're double teaming, just continue to pass the ball. There's no reason not to pass the ball. I think that's a weakness on the Celtics defense is that once there's so much ball movement, they can't control it at, at a certain point. So continue to move the ball around if you're Brooklyn. I'm speaking as if I'm Steve, Steve Nash. But honestly, I think the Celtics, I think the Nets will win this game. And I think the Celtics will win it in six, as I originally predicted. Um, but if the Celtics win this game, the series is over. I'm, I'm just calling it wraps uh, right now. Grizzlies, Timberwolves, Memphis leads 2-1. I wasn't able to see this game because, again, without everything going on with my grandpa. But let me just say this. Down by 26. Down by 26. And they won. Imagine being down by 26 in the playoffs and winning. At this point, I think the nerves have gotten out of excuse me out of Memphis. Now, this is going to be a great series, and I talked about that on my preview article because Anthony Edwards is a very good player, really underrated. No one really gives him enough credit. Um, you know, uh, I mean, John Morant. Nothing else I could say about him, man. Big fan, Jaron Jackson Jr. And everyone's like, how are the Grizzlies winning when they don't have good depth? They do. Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain. Like, these are good players right there. And and there's a reason for their success. Steven Adams has been really good for them. So, easily, I think. Um, I mean, I think Memphis is going to win this series in six, again, as I originally predicted. I think Minnesota could steal one more. I just think eventually the Grizzlies is the overall better team. They have the best player on the floor, in my opinion. And... I think it's just, I don't I, I can't see Minnesota's inconsistency winning the series. Like, they literally just lost a game where they were up by 26 because they're so inconsistent. There's no way now they're going to win a whole series against them. I actually have a bet going on with my cousin that the Grizzlies will win this series, and uh, not for much money, <laughs> but um, I, I think right now I'm on the right track because with Minnesota's inconsistency, gosh, you can't. I mean, you can't expect that inconsistency to win to win a first-round series over a John Morant-led team. You just can't expect it. Um, Suns versus Pelicans, I just need to break break down Booker's injury. Um, so it is a grade one hamstring strain, excuse me. Um, so that's a big loss for the Suns, and, they, and now they're saying CBS Sports is reporting that he could be missing two to three weeks. So that ruins the Suns' season right there. Now, now you just need to start here, right? Now, Mavericks with Luka healthy, and if Devin Booker's out there, I have no idea they win that series. But starting off with this series, Chris Paul needs – if the Suns lose this series because Booker is out, this puts a – this, like, rips part of Chris Paul's resume. It does because Chris Paul came here, and he was a number one last year. Right, Booker's a number one this year. He was a number one last year. To go from one year and not, and, ha- and just have your player injured and you couldn't out and you couldn't outplay a team, you couldn't out uh, outplay a team three games to two over the next five games as the best team in the NBA because of one player. I mean that that puts a tear on his resume right there. And so Chris Paul's really got to step up and then get the ball to DeAndre Ayton is a key factor. Get their three-point shooting going. Haven't seen a lot from Cam Johnson. Haven't seen a lot from Mikael Bridges. You get those guys going. I think the Suns still have a chance to win that. Uh, Warriors, Nuggets, nothing else to say about Jordan Poole, um, he, except he's just been exceptional. right? I had the Nuggets winning that series in six. I'm going to be wrong on that, it looks like. Um, but Nicole, Nicole, it's not, it hasn't been Nicole Jokic. Honestly, the loss of Jamal Murray has hurt much more in the playoffs. And everyone's saying Golden State's back. I don't think they beat Memphis in the second round. So I, I think everyone's just got to slow down. But the fact that Jordan Poole's putting up these numbers is great. Now, would you pay him the rookie Supermax if it gets to that point? next off, Not this offseason, but the next offseason? Nah, I'm good. But, um... 
But, I mean, that that's a problem they're going to have to worry about then. But uh, I think right now, if you're the Warriors, just continue to pound us on. I mean, if, if you can keep winning games where Steph Curry doesn't have to do much, I mean, <laughs> good for them, you know. So, Jordan Poole's just been a really awesome player in this NBA playoffs so far. But last but not least, my championship pick. Has anything from the playoffs so far changed my pick? Absolutely, absolutely not. I still have Celtics over Mass in seven. Um, and to be honest, right now, I think everyone is seeing why I picked that. The Mavericks have been winning without Luka, and then the Celtics have been beating the Nets when the Nets were favorites going into the series as a seven seed. So, you know, I, I, I don't think there's anything that is shown against it, so I'm not going to change my pick at all. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm going to get it correct. I've got the NBA champion correct the last two years. I got the Lakers correct in 2020, the Bucks correct in 2021. Now let's see if I can get it correct in 2022. Moving on to the NHL, before we do get into a lot of things, I do need to sadly share the news that Guy LaFleur has um, passed away. So that's a big loss for the NHL, only 70 years old. Um, so... Yeah, obviously tough right there. But, you know, I think it's sad to hear these deaths, you know. And, um, you know, there, there's been some NHL players that have died recently. It's just really sad, you know. But there is still a lot going on in the NHL. Don't think there's not a lot going on. Seattle crack and breakdown real quick. I already wrote an article on how the Vegas Golden Knights dominated in their expansion team season. And, and when compared to when you look at the Seattle Kraken, um, but I mean, what do you expect from them? I mean, most expansion teams don't play well. I mean, they're the worst team in, they're one of the worst teams in the league for a good reason. You know, but Philip Grubauer, I think, is honestly their main piece because he went from a backup in Washington, then earned a starting job in the playoffs, then kind of lost it, but then kind of gained it back in Colorado. And then now he's in Seattle. I think it's just about developing him. In the offseason, I mean, expect it for an expansion team that doesn't have good defense. However, I would not move on from him. I'd keep him as their goaltender just for the future to continue to you know, build, um, you know, and by the way, I do want to let you know, I'm a big hockey fan, but I'm not as good with hockey as I am with football or basketball. I just need to let you guys know about that. So, uh, don't like, if I, if I get a name wrong or a stat wrong, just know, you know, I'm not as good with hockey as I am with football and basketball. My championship favorite or Who's the championship favorite right now? I mean, it's a big discussion. There's so many good teams right now. I mean, Colorado, you have to put in there. Florida, you have to put in there. I even put Toronto in there last. Like, when you want to think about top three, because Toronto has been so good. Austin Matthews is insane. Like, I think Austin Matthews has an argument to be the best player in the NHL, easily. Um, I know everyone says Dreisaitl and McDavid, but I think the value that Austin Matthews brings is more value than any NHL player in the league brings to their team. I remember when John Tavares joined there and Mitch Marner, they're like, Matthews is the third best player on that team. And I'm like, no, he's not. He's the best player on that team. And I'm, and I'm right about that because he's always been the best player on this team, right? So I think I think the Tor- Toronto Maple Leafs can actually make it to the finals. Yes, I said that. I think they can make it to the finals. Now, it's going to be tough for Florida. I think t- you're still going to put Tampa. I mean, they're contenders. Um, I'm not so high in the Metropolitan. Metropolitan has a lot of depth, but I don't, I'm not really that high on the Rangers this season, nor am I on the Hurricanes. I actually think out of that division, I'm not saying this bias. I think the Capitals actually have the best chance of going because I think at at all, they have the most star power uh, with Ovechkin. And I think reality, it, it comes down to sometimes who's the best player on the ice. The Capitals got that with Ovechkin most of the time. They have Tom Wilson, they have Gendy Kuznetsov, all-star caliber players. The goaltending has gotten a lot better. So if we had to, the Metropolitan doesn't have too many, you know, contenders, if we want to call it that. But 
Um, if if we're gonna choose one, I think it's Washington Capitals because while while they've been down, I say down. I mean, they haven't been the team they were in twenty eighteen, but I don't think. I mean, with three all stars and improved goaltending and all that, I mean, you can't call them not. You, you can't say they definitely don't have a chance of winning, you know. But right now, I, I think I'd have to say Colorado, Florida, and Toronto are really the top three teams in for, for, to, to, to contend for the championship. Sorry, I haven't recorded in a while, you know. But I think also something that's really interesting is, you know, most teams have about three to five more games at this rate. There may be a team with 76 games played. I know the Kraken actually, yeah, they have 76 games played. So, um, yeah, they have, uh, you know, some some games left, but some, some teams have 79. So getting towards the end of the season here, and there's a lot of good races. You know, in the Atlantic, the Tampa Bay Lightning could actually fall to the final wild card spot. Imagine the defending Stanley Cup champions, uh, you know, going down to the final wild card spot. And to be honest, that would be a good series against Florida. You know, I would love to see that. I hope Tampa falls there because I would love to see Jonathan Hooper and Alexander Barkov against the defending champions. Like, especially considering how much Florida has improved, that would be such a fun series to watch. But, I mean, Boston could jump up into that third spot, like I said. Mostly in the Metropolitan, though, there's insane an insane race right now because the top two spots are clinched between Carolina and New York in that division. However, we don't know who's actually going to get first, right? So Carolina has less wins, but uh, they have more overtime losses, but uh, New York has more losses. So uh, right now they're both tied at 108 points. It's definitely going to be interesting to see who could get that. And then Pittsburgh Penguins have by one more game and have two more points on the Washington Capitals. So if the Washington Capitals win their next game tonight against the Arizona Coyotes, they will probably tie the Pittsburgh Penguins, which would be crazy. I'd love to see, you know, even though they're not going to face off, I'd love to see at the end of the season, you know, a rivalry between the Capitals and Penguins without actually facing each other, you know. When in doubt, the Capitals and Penguins are fighting. When in doubt, you know. But um, there's also some race in the Pacific Division. As the Edmonton Oilers haven't even clinched their playoff spot yet with 96 points. And the Los Angeles Kings are in there, Vegas Golden Knights. It's going to be tough. And that's a really tough. There's a big race going on right there. I mean, Edmonton. They can't jump up. I don't think they're going to – they're not going to jump up to – yeah, they can't at at this point. They're actually eliminated from the division. They'll probably gain second, though. I mean, the Kings have improved so much this season. That's the thing. I mean, Edmonton usually has the best players on the ice, and that's an advantage that they have. But, I mean, there's just a big race in the Pacific, the fact that literally five teams in that division are competing for playoff spots. I mean, like, that's just unbelievable, you know, to to actually hear, you know. But my surprises – of this year, I, I'm just really surprised. Not much in the Western Conference, but I guess the, the Wild being good was a, was a big surprise, you know. But the fact that the Montreal Canadiens were uh, were awful was very surprising. And the the fact that the, the, that the Flyers and the Islanders were so bad. Like, what? These were two good teams. The Metropolitan Division, man. I thought this was going to be stacked. I was afraid as a Capitals fan that it was going to be tough for us to make the playoffs. And, you know, it really wasn't because the Metropolitan has four teams and then that's it, and then it falls off. You know, I could see the Blue Jackets improving in the future. Devils are still in a rebuilding process. However, if they don't improve next year, something's got to change there. You know, but just really surprised by some teams in the Metropolitan Division, including the Flyers and the Islanders. Now, here's who's my heart memorable, right? Who's the MVP of the league? Now, 
I get to talk about him later. I have a couple options here. And you got to put Connor McDavid and or Leon Dreisaitl in there. And then you also got to put Austin Matthews in there. And I actually think that the most valuable player in the NHL this season was, by the way, it was Austin Matthews. I talked about him earlier. He is top five in the NHL in points. He's just a beast on the ice. And he's led the Toronto Maple Leafs to, again, a really good spot to compete for the championship this year. Austin Matthews is an incredible player, and I'm going to talk about him literally in a second, too. But I think he should be the MVP of the league. And he should win the Jack Adams. The Jack Adams Award, if you don't know, it's basically an award to show how much a player uh, indicates value towards their team winning. So the, basically the win share stat, that's basically what it is. It's not the leader in win shares, but it's voting based on, honestly, win shares. And w- again, win shares is a great stat to show it. And Austin Matthews is second in the NHL in win shares. And first and third is Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And I am not going to put them as bringing value to their team when literally two of them, and that's why I'm not putting them in MVP as well, because how can you have two studs and say one of them is the most valuable player in the league? That was LeBron's problem why he didn't win the MVP uh, a couple years ago because he had Anthony Davis. So I think Austin Matthews should be number one. I think these four guys could get votes. Number two would be Johnny Goudreau, who's fourth in the NHL in win shares. I think third would be Jonathan Huberdeau, who is sixth in the NHL in win shares. And fourth would be my boy Alexander Ovechkin, who is fifth in the league in win shares. So. That's my rambling about the NBA and NHL. By the way, real quick, I do want to talk about the NBA. I forgot about this. The Heat and the uh, Hawks. I do think the Hawks are going to win this game. I don't think Jimmy Butler is going to get 45. I think Young is going to step up. Bogdanovich will get worse. Herder will step up. Collins will step up. Capella will step up. And a Hawks win. By the way, just wanted to mention that. So that was my rambling again about the NBA and the NHL. NBA playoffs again is the most wonderful time of the year, and so is the NHL playoffs. It's that time of year, ladies and gentlemen, NBA and NHL playoffs. Just think about that. Man, I just love it. Stay tuned for Wiz Talk with Chase season recap coming either tonight or tomorrow. So, again, stay tuned for that. Enjoy the NBA games tonight. It's going to be a great plethora of games. And, um, and yeah, and check out, or not check out yet, I'm going to be posting coming up my NFL mock draft. So I was going to break down a lot of players, but to be honest, I think it would just be better to do one full long episode about a mock draft. So stay tuned for that. That is coming in a couple days here on the Cool Sports Network. Hope you guys did enjoy. And of course, as always, I'll see you next time. We out!